Yes, Father God, we know this, and you are well aware, Lord God, of the war that goes on both within and outside of us, Father God. And we thank you for this day. We thank you for the revelation of your love, your truth, your goodness, your mercy, uh, your glory. We thank you for the goodness and the power and the obedience of Jesus Christ to come in our stead, to die for us, to shed his blood that we might be free and that the law might be satisfied through the death of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And we thank you, Jesus, for giving us power over all the power of the enemy to bind and to loose, to stand and having done all to stand and withstand in these evil days, Lord God. You have not created us to be defeated. You have created us to be victorious in you. And so we thank you, Lord. We take authority over the powers of darkness that would come against us, against this nation, against our people, our families, those who work for us, pray for us, and love us for this ministry. Father, we bind the powers of darkness that have tried to target us and harass our loved ones. Father God, you promised that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And so we're thanking you for the continued continued blessings and, and keeping of those promises. Father, we ask now for the wisdom of Jesus Christ. We ask for God that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand that the revelation of your truth may transform us, convert us, that we might be true followers of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're talking today about the glory of God. Yeah. What What is the glory of God? And, and question, how is the glory of God relevant in this, these days filled with shame and perversion? Wow. <laughs> well, we have to start with the desire of Moses mm-hmm. in, in Exodus 33 and 34. He said one day, he said to God, okay, show me your ways. I want to learn your ways. I want you to go with us. And then he said, show me your glory. He'd seen all these miracles in Egypt, right, yeah. you know, against the gods of Egypt before the Exodus. And he said, you know, one day he said, okay, Lord, just show me your, your glory. glory. Okay. And and so what happened there was, what, what were you thinking? Are going to get a, li- a laser light show from heaven or what? Well, but, they already had the pillar of fire in the cloud yeah, by day and but, night. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And he said, the Lord descended in the cloud, mm-hmm. all right, um, in answer to Moses' cry, and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. So basically... He's kind of hiding Moses. He says, okay, hang out here. I'm just going to pass by you because you can't see all my fullness and Mm -hmm. still live. And he said in verse 6 of Exodus 34, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So he, what God is proclaiming here, his glory is his His character, mm-hmm. who he is in his essence, his character. He says he's uh, right there, and there's many other things too. He says merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness mm-hmm. and truth, keeping mercy 
and forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. Well, I believe, too, that glory is the opposite of shame, as we see in Proverbs where it says the glory of the children uh, is their fathers. And so, um, you know, glory is actually the opposite of shame. And when we sinned and we entered into the place of, of shame, uh, Adam and Eve, you know, were ashamed. They were afraid. Mm-hmm. They put together the fig leaves and they lost the revelation of the glory of God. They lost the revelation of their own glory. They lost the revelation of who they really were in their true identity. Well, so God is glorified. His glory, God's glory is revealed through his creation. Yes. Through his image bearers, and that would be us. Mm -hmm. That would be through Adam and Eve, through us uh, people. Yeah. And through his providence, his redemptive acts, all those things. And basically, the glory of God throughout the scripture is, is kind of a, a summer summarization of his attributes character mm-hmm. his nature and his presence made visible and manifest well and it, it it authenticates his his power his right to be god his right to to basically declare uh from the beginning from the foundation of the world even the creation of the world so he has in his glory his glory kind of accents all of his ability to be God. Right, right. And we could say that uh, that um, it's the shining forth. God's glory is the shining forth or the public display mm-hmm. of God's character and nature. It means, you know, uh, also his glory means he, he's the highest rank. He, he's, he's the top. He is totally awesome. The top, and we yeah. use that term awesome so flippantly, oh, you know, that that ice cream sundae was really awesome, totally awesome. But only God is totally awesome. Mm-hmm. He He's high. He's totally awesome. He is honorable. He is beautiful. Uh, one of the words in the Old Testament for beauty means, uh, for glory means beauty, mm-hmm. adornment. The beauty of well, the he's, Lord. The beauty the of holiness. Of the the be- it's holiness. It's beauty. It's all of the things that we don't know very well, that we don't experience very often, and that don't become a daily part of our uh, experience during the day, the glory of God. Usually what we're doing is we're walking in a place of confusion and shame and fear. And even in Jesus, as Jesus walked through the earth, there were times when the glory of God had to confirm that he was the Son of God when he was baptized you know, the voice came from heaven uh, in, the, in the Mount of Transfiguration. The glory of God appeared as Moses and Elijah appeared on the mount um, in the shining glory. Uh, so I believe, and you know, um, the, the glory is something that cannot really be, Satan might try to counterfeit it with, you know, smoke and mirrors, you know, events and light shows and, you know. Gold wh- dust. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever he tries to do. But the true glory of God transforms. We can't stand in the presence of the glory of God and not be transformed or changed uh, or, or brought to real realization of our own humanness and of our need for God. Um, let's, let's look for a minute if we can. I know you're going to go somewhere in the Old Testament, but I want to look at Jesus in John chapter 12. Very interesting passage there where he says in verse 23, He's talking about being glorified. He's actually talking about his death, and he's connecting the two, his death as an opportunity to bring glory to God. And so uh, this is kind of strange how we think that death can bring glory to God. But Jesus said in verse 23 of 12, um, 
the hour has now come for the Son of Man that the Son of Man should be glorified. So he's talking about what? He's talking about his death. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a corn or a grain of wheat fall into the ground, it dies and remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So if the grain of wheat doesn't fall into the ground and die, it will abide alone. Its life will be pointless and purposeless. But he who loves his life, he said, will lose it. And he who hates his life for my sake uh, for, for in this world will keep it for eternal life. So Jesus is giving them a kind of an understanding of what he has to do. He has got to lay down his life, bury it in, the, in death, and then rise, bring many, many to eternal life. Um, and then he says in 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me, that where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. And so he says, um, then he goes on, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this very purpose, I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. So the whole thing is wrapped up with Jesus Christ's obedience to the Father, trusting in the glory of God, the goodness of God, and being obedient even unto the death uh, of the cross. And so glory, you know, preceding glory or involved with glory is also the word suffering and obedience. And so we see that to be glorified he says, except we, you know, we, um, he who loves his life will lose it. We have to follow him in that uh, path uh, to glory. And the full expression of God's glory came through Jesus Christ, his son, mm-hmm. um, the son that e- eternally existed before way, pre-existent you know, always, one. Yes. always, but the pre-existent son, pre-existent to all creation was manifested as Jesus Christ, the man, fully man and fully God. Hebrews chapter 1 says, God, who at various times and in different ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Okay, mm-hmm. here he's speaking through the prophets, all right, to, to, to people everywhere. Has in these last days, the times we're in now, spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he made the world so everything was created through christ through through his son and it says in hebrews 1 3 who being the brightness of his glory mm-hmm. the express image of his person in other words the clear fullness Folks, expression yeah. of the heart and character of god Jesus, that was Jesus. That's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he him by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For it was fitting for him, that is Jesus, for whom are all things and by whom are all things. Remember, all things were made by him. He was the word. God spoke spoke the word and everything came into existence. For it is fitting for him who... Who, for whom all things were, and by whom all things are, are, in bringing many sons to glory to make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. So we see glory and suffering and obedience and death they all, all go come together. together. They, yeah, all, in, they roll together in Jesus So to be Christ. glorified in Jesus Christ, we have to be willing to lay down or offer up or give up the life God has given us in the flesh, you know, this carnal existence, and lay it down, be born again, and and give our lives to him and to his work. Through that, we become glorified and, and become like Jesus. 
Yeah, in John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, speaking of Jesus. We saw his glory. We saw his character manifested. And even and no, he, and no one could find fault with it. I mean, they tried to, but he was spotless. He was impeccable. He was completely uh, obedient to the Father. Um, and that's why he carried the glory of God, because he was loyal to his Father at all times, and he did not sin. The first miracle, recorded miracle, that we we see him performing here is when at the wedding of Cana, where he turned water into wine, and it said, in this way, he manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is so the first sim- time. simply yep. providing a need. The, right, to, a miraculous. The embar- <laughs> relieving the embarrassment of the host that didn't have enough wine. But the, the miraculous provision, miraculous, miraculous provision, is the, is the, the key. This, you know, for us, for us, where we see him providing for us in so this really wonderful uh, ways like this. This really uh, confirms, or began to confirm to them that he was who he said he was. He is authentic. He is the true Son of God. He had a lot of un, unbelief and doubt and skepticism to overcome in the human race, among his own family, among the people of Nazareth, among the people in his day. Because whoever had seen a son of God or the son of God, the Messiah, they had never even, they'd heard of it forever, but they'd forgotten about it completely. And so in John 13, right after he gets um, ris- or he gets up from the supper, the last supper, in, tw- in 13, tw- 31, he says, And so when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the son of God is glorified and God is glorified in him. And if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and the glory and glorify him immediately. Um, So he was talking about the completion of the obedience, the assignment to go to the cross. And at that point, there was going to be a transformation. He was going to be, um, he was going to die. He was going to lay down completely, die completely, let go of all of his own power, his own ability to raise himself, his own ability to do anything and submit himself completely to the Father and let the Father do what the Father would in terms of this obedient sacrifice that he was making. So he was trusting the Father as he was obeying him. He's saying, okay, God, Father, I'm doing what you're saying. My life is in your hands. Would Do what you want. If you want to raise me again, uh, bringing forth many sons to glory, fine. If you don't, uh, it's your it's your call. And so this is kind of where he surrendered his himself as well. He asked us to do that, but he also did that himself. And he was explaining to his disciples about, uh, you know, they couldn't quite catch on <laughs> as to what his death would be, what the meaning of that death would be. There's a place in Scripture, and I don't have the exact verse right now, but it says he was explaining to his disciples, referring to by what death but that what his death would accomplish mm-hmm. at it, Jerusalem. So we don't think of death as an accomplishment, mm-hmm. but for him and for us, it was accomplished. It accomplished our well, forgiveness, our redemption, our salvation. And we follow him. And so we're laying down our lives, our, as I said, our carnal lives, to follow him, to allow him to bring forth eternal life and the multiplication, the leveraging of many uh, wonderful things for ourselves, for others as well, for eternal life. And we don't get eternal life because we die. We get eternal life because Jesus died. But in John 14, 12, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, 
the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, listen to this, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So the way the Father is glorifying the Son is by answering your prayers that you pray in Jesus' name. When you pray of something in Jesus' name, asking in his name, when that answer comes, it is to glorify, to prove, to uh, approve of, to exonerate um, Jesus Christ, that he has power, he has leverage, he has uh, pull with his Father and is able to do what what we have asked him to do. So this is another way that we enter into the glory by asking, uh, praying, and seeking God in the name of Jesus Christ to answer our prayers. Another thing, too, in John chapter 11, they said, well, you know, Lazarus was sick, and he waited, what is it, three or four days before mm-hmm. he came? And Jesus said in John eleven four, when Jesus heard that, that Lazarus was sick, and he, he stayed, what, t- waited two more days, yeah, before he came. You'd think, well, Jesus would come right away. But that doesn't mean he didn't care. He wasn't on the job, but in John eleven four, he said, "When Jesus heard that that Lazarus was sick, the one the guy he loved a lot, I mean, they were great friends, and he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it." Mm-hmm. Now this is this is something too. God is glorified when He brings healing. Mm-hmm. God, is, Jesus is glorified. He's glorified when he changes water into wine. He's glorified when he multiplies the food. He's glorified when he protects us from the deadly assaults of the enemy against us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Jesus is glorified in his divine protection of over us and answers to prayer. And Jesus said to Martha, he was, she was worried about, well, is, you know, someday he's going to rise at the great resurrection. But he says, right now, he says, no, no. He says, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he says to, to Martha, he says, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So when we believe, we truly trust in him, we will see well, you know, his glory re- in, 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 revealed. In, in truth, we actually have been built by God to truly trust in him. Uh, I mean, if we walk in the spirit, if you walk in the spirit, you will know that that you already have been built by God to trust him, to know the truth, to walk in love, to desire goodness. If you walk back and forth between the flesh and the spirit, you'll be in that place of compromise, reasoning, and double-mindedness. A man whose reasoning doesn't understand, he doesn't perceive, because he doesn't, you know, Jesus says, do you, are you still reasoning in your hearts? Do you not understand? Do you not perceive? Have your hearts been hardened? You know, when he was talking to them about the leaven of the Pharisees, they were reasoning, so they were misunderstanding they were thinking he was talking about the fact that they hadn't brought their lunch today, when two mm-hmm. days before that, they, he just multiplied all that bread for them. And so reasoning is what happens in the soul. And in the soul, you're feeling, you're looking at things the way it looks, the way it feels, you know, other people's failures, or they didn't get their prayers answered, or whatever it is. And we, we lose sight of the glory of God. And Jesus, he, he, he was glorified in his death. So, you know, you think, well, I don't know if I want to die. I'm not that interested in glory and I don't want to, but, but to glory or to be glorified really means like for Jesus, it was, it's to make, to shine, to, to, to expose, you know, it's light. It's not darkness. It exposes the darkness. It drives out the darkness. It drives out the death, the fear made to shine, to lift up, 
to, um, to praise, to be honored. Jesus was honored. He was validated. He was vindicated. Um, he was with the glory that God had given him. He had passed his tests of obedience uh, and loyalty to his father. Now, he was the first one. Adam and Eve failed, and they picked up a bunch of shame. Lucifer failed, and he was kicked out of heaven. The first one that actually got back the glory for man was the, the son of man who died and laid down his life that we might be with him um, to bring forth a, a church without spot or wrinkle, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And so Jesus Christ, not only, and he didn't do this for himself. He did this for us because we were important to God and God did not want to lose his family. Um, he was willing to let Satan go, but he wasn't willing to let us go. So to be glorified is, is not just something we often understand or think about it because our lives are so trampled with d daily troubles. And we have no idea, I think, just tiny maybe a glimpse of, of how overtaken we have been with death, darkness, deception, destruction, um, sickness, infirmity, unbelief, reasoning, uh, and mental and emotional attacks, spiritual and, and physical attacks. But we lose sight of the glory, but we need to focus on the fact that God is glorious in his temple and he is coming again to restore glory and peace and truth to us. That's, that's really it. You remember we read in Second Chronicles chapter 7, about uh, Solomon, when, the, when the, Solomon's temple was dedicated, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord so that the priest couldn't even minister. There was such a manifestation of God's beauty and power, his glory, his character, his love, his grace, his mercy. It was manifested so strong the priests couldn't even do their job. God just took over. And, and the, the, the fire of the Lord fell upon the sacrifice. The fire of the Lord said, came down and says, this is my temple. This is where I'm going to, this is a physical place, you know, other than, you know, he, he manifests himself throughout all the creation, the stars, the planets, everything through us, through those of us who are created in his image, who, you know, follow him. But he says, I am manifesting my glory. My glory is going to fill, this is my special place on earth where my glory, my character, my shining forth is going to be. And so basically what happened then on the day of Pentecost, you know, when the apostles and, and 120 approximately were there waiting, and what happened? The fire of God came, the glory of God came, and sat, the, the a cloud of like fire and like individual tongues sat on each of them. And God is saying, this is my temple, this now my church, my people who trust Jesus Christ, my people who follow me are now my temple. They're my temple. They're my dwelling place collectively, and they're my dwelling place individually. And he says, he says, Paul says to the Corinthians, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? It's a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you defile my temple, I'm going to, you know, God will destroy those who defile his temple. So our bodies are to be, we, we, we abuse our bodies so much mm -hmm. with what we eat, with our, all kinds of behaviors that really defile, make dirty this temple. We are to be the dwelling place of the glory of God. We are to be now the expression of the beauty, the character, the love, the grace of God 
um, to this to the earth. Well, I think too in Jesus in his uh, confrontations with the uh, religious uh, sects, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, he he had to. They kept attacking him on his motives. They didn't see his glory. The thing mm-hmm. the thing is, uh, John chapter one. Um, he, Jesus came and they didn't see him. The world knew him not. He came to his own and, and his, his own, own received him, him not. not. They didn't see that glory. Their their hearts, their minds, their eyes were blinded to his glory. So in John chapter 5, we have that discussion where <clears throat> he's talking about, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So Jesus had to, you know, other people, everybody can tout their own, trumpet their own, claim their own goodness, glory, greatness, accomplishments. But Jesus says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he, and this is God the Father, witnesses of me is true. So you have, you've sent to John, and he's bore witness of the truth. He says, John talked about me, but I have a greater witness than, than John. For the works which the, works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me and the Father has, that the Father has sent me. So we're talking about Jesus bringing the understanding, the revelation of the kingdom of God to the human race. And this is his work to finish. And he had to do it in the midst of a lot of oppression, resistance, rebellion, disobedience, um, unbelief, paganism, idolatry. And so the, the important thing was he knew who he was. And he himself, he says, and the father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have... Be, but you do not have his words abiding in you because whom he sent, you do, ne, you do not believe. So he's saying, you're not, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. Um, I have come in my father's name, not in his own name. And you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. This is how we see it on this earth. Somebody comes promoting themselves and they have a bandwagon of public relations and PR and all kinds of things going on. And we all fall for their, yeah. you know, their, their, uh, their we talk. We want to jump on. Uh, yeah. Can, how can you believe we receive honor from another and do not seek the honor that comes from God only? Now, there's an, in- an issue. That we, do we seek the honor of God, the glory of God, or do we try to take care of ourselves are we still in that place of self uh uh self serving uh just desiring to save our lives seeking to save our lives rather than giving up our lives if we understand to be born again is to have died then it's you're dead so there's there's a possibility of living a whole new life an eternal life filled with glory filled with truth filled with light filled with yeah suffering but filled with purpose and ultimately bringing forth the glory of God as he brings forth his glory in us. You know, there's two words here. A lot of us are looking for glamour. Mm. You know, we want glamour. We think glamour brings attention to us. Glory Mm -hmm. brings attention to God. Yeah. You know, and so... He who seeks to save his life. Again, this is where it bears witness with us. He who seeks to glorify himself, gloat over his accomplishments, try to build a big empire of this or that, even people who use God and the gospel to peddle their own uh, righteousness and their and promote their own ends and 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 make themselves look great in the eyes of men. If they're not willing to lay down their lives for their sheep, they're not good shepherds. 
if they're the ones that are using their sheep to line their own pockets and sell them to market to get extra gain uh, and, and, and don't care about the sheep, these are not the ones that are true shepherds. They're yeah, not true shepherds. And we're not talking so much about shepherds, but people. And you can be, you can I, we can all be part of the glory of God. You can have God on exonerate and authenticate you too, just like He did Jesus, because that's the whole point: is to be uh, endorsed by the Most High. Another thing too that this this glory, we are here to bring glory to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, an interesting. Um, that even our death can bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. Peter, he said, <laughs> Jesus said it in the last chapter, uh, last several verses of John there, he, he says uh, to Peter, he said, um, he said, feed my sheep. And he said, most assuredly I say to you that when you were younger, you girded yourself and you walked where you wished and when you are old, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not, do not wish. In other words, you're getting older. You're going to be crucified. Yeah, and that's what he was. Peter was crucified upside down. Mm-hmm. And uh, verse 15 of, of John 21, thus he spoke, signifying by what death he, he would, would glorify, glorify God. God. And when he had said this, when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Even so, we want our life and our death Mm-hmm. to glorify God. I don't God. think a lot Everything. of people think of their life goal as to glorify God. Glorify God. God. That's why we're here. This yeah. is why God And you know what? Us. Because as we talked last week, we live in the snake pit, slime and perversion and vile atrocities and horrific uh, assaults against human life, against truth. We get so sl- slammed with, with the mud and the slime. Garbage. That we don't and you know, knee we're, deep we're, in this garbage. We're so knee deep in garbage. Or we, up to our neck we, in it even. We have knows. no idea about the glory. And so, let's, let's, Lord, mm-hmm. we just ask you to awaken us yep. to, that we will see like Moses. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to see your glory. Lord, may you may you be manifest yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be glorified in my life. We there's a chorus we used to sing. In my life, Lord, be, be glorified. glorified. Be mm-hmm. glorified mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, in our lives, may you be glorified today and in the days to come. We people need to see the glory the expression of, God. of the glory and the beauty of God. It's not just a show. It's a just not some empty show. It's a display of the heart and character of God mm-hmm. that will transform everybody whose eyes are open to receive. And so, that. Father God, we ask that we you cause us to cast off the old cloaks, the old hidden works of darkness that that hide the glory of God. Cast off the the man fear and the and the sin and the vile pursuits. Cast it off. And let the glory of God shine through us as we lay down our lives for you, whether it's to live for you or die for you. It's all laying down our lives for you. So, Father God, we thank you again for opening our eyes to see and uh, transforming, cleansing our hearts from fear that we might see today and in the days to come, to come the power of your true glory, the transforming power of your glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. we invite you to check out liferecovery.com. There are lots of... Um, manuals and books and cds there for your for your um enjoyment and for your teaching equipping for your equipping yes and uh so i would recommend today um taking the devil to court understanding our our true authority in jesus christ or a case for justice which talks about 
going and winning your case in the court of heaven. So God bless you. Talk to you soon. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.